real change starts not at the top but at the bottom. I always say it's the church halls of power, not the corridors of power, where real change starts. It's when we as ordinary people become active, get involved, that that's what then leads those at the top to follow the lead that we set. People just diligently putting their faith into practice around the world, speaking out, living it out in their lives. That's where change comes. And I just really love to encourage everybody out there who's doing that. You are all heroes and that God sees it all, even when people don't see, even when no one else sees, God sees it all. Welcome to Renew Our World podcast. Renew Our World is a global movement of Christians who believe in helping one another, calling for justice and caring for creation. Join us this season as we'll be discussing the latest in climate news, chatting with theologians, activists, and some of our incredible members and friends working on the ground. I am your host, Jessica Wally. Welcome to another yet exciting episode of the Renew Our World podcast. I am your host, Jessica Bwali. Today, I have a guest that some of you may have heard the name somewhere, but some of you will be even more happy to hear more. And some of you, this name may be the first time that you hear of, but I can assure you definitely be blessed when we get done with this conversation. I have Paul Cook. Uh, with me and uh, for the next few minutes we'll be able to just have a conversation to get a little bit up close and personal with him to see uh, what he does the works that he's involved in and also uh, he can just share his blessings uh, with all of us that will be listening to this podcast and i hope that this podcast will bless your soul even as you listen to it paul welcome to today's episode thank you so much for uh, joining us Oh, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for, and I should make mention that uh, I am in Zambia right now and uh, we are having this conversation online. So Paul share with us where he's coming from and uh, or where he's actually joining me from and uh, also uh, as we start. So Paul, if you could just introduce yourself, just kindly share with us who you are and if you could just... Uh, Bring us a little closer into your life and just share with us your story of who Paul is on until uh, at this moment that we are even having this conversation. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm Paul Cook. I'm the head of advocacy at Tear Fund and also chair of the board for Renew Our World, which is a huge, huge privilege. And I live uh, in London, right in the UK, right on the very edge of London, quite near Heathrow Airport. Uh, with my wife and my three children and um, I don't know how far back you want me to go but my my sort of journey that brought me into into working in this space uh, sort of really began when I was a teenager so I was a um, as I was raised uh, here in the UK I wasn't um, raised as a Christian or in a Christian family I was really raised in quite a sort of atheist kind of family who didn't have any particular faith and um, as I grew up, I didn't have any particular faith. But when I, what I've, one thing I've always really loved is history. I've always really been into, interested in history. And when I was at school, we learned a lot about the Bible times and about the background of the New Testament and the Old Testament. And I was really interested in that. So I went on to study uh, religious studies and theology, even though I didn't have a faith. 
And in learning all about the background to the Bible, the New Testament and the Old Testament, it made me really ask lots of questions about what I believed and about whether this stuff I was reading about was really true or not. And uh, I, I mentioned to a Christian friend that I was asking these questions and he invited me along to church. And, um, uh, and then over the course of a month or so, I, I had all my questions answered and I really came to know uh, Jesus personally and came to a personal faith uh, as a Christian. And I haven't looked back from there, really. It's been, you know, obviously following God for 30 years now and really um, just been following him in my life. And I guess the particular thing that led me on in due course to Tear Fund and Renewal World has been about a year or two years after I became a Christian, when I was still just a teenager, I um, went to a Christian festival, a youth festival here in the UK called Soul Survivor that some people may have heard of. This was, I think, the second ever time they ran this festival, so it was quite early on in its lifetime. And I heard a guy there who was speaking about uh, issues of poverty and justice globally in, in the global world. And I think I had been raised probably in quite a sheltered uh, British environment in, in quite a comfortable world. And I really wasn't that aware of the wider world. And um, actually hearing all these stories about challenges that many face in many countries around the world was a real eye-opener for me. And for me, it really challenged my faith and made me think, actually, if all of this is true, it really changes what it means to be a Christian, that actually our whole lives as Christians must be dedicated to, to bringing about change in our world and bringing about God's kingdom in our world. And I really felt that God, you know, there and then put his, his finger on my life and said, you know, for you personally, I want this to be a real life calling for you. And so I've, in the years since then, I've, I've sort of sought to follow that in, um, you know, stumbling ways and sometimes got it right and sometimes not. But I guess that path is what's uh, led me to, to the kind of work we're doing now at uh, Tear Fund and with Renew Our World. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. You know, Paul, and I'm listening to you explaining how you actually uh, got to know Christ, you know, not like from from a young age. It's amazing uh, because you get to like each one of us have a different story. Uh, some people are born in a Christian family and some got to know Christ at some point. But I think what's an amazing thing is that, like you mentioned, you've never looked back since you actually got uh, to uh to get to know Christ, so which is amazing, and we thank God for that, and also we thank God for your life, and thank you so much for actually uh, sharing all that story. Uh, at least now we have an idea uh, who Paul is and uh, the story uh, on until now. Paul, you mentioned in your introduction that you are the head of advocacy at Tier Fund, and you also uh, chair the board of uh, Renew Award. If you were to be asked uh a day in the life of paul as a head of advocacy for tier fund what would you share wow uh, one of the things i love about this role is it, it's really varied so i have you know many different uh duties that i do uh through the day um and it's really all about supporting uh christians right around the world who are um, speaking out and holding their governments to account and um, engaging in, in really rolling out God's kingdom and seeking to world, make the world a more just and better place. So, so supporting them in many, many different ways. And it's a real kind of you know, servant leader kind of role because you know, the real work is being done by many others out there um, in, on the ground and, and in meetings and so on. And a lot of what I'm doing is more the management kind of support work behind the scenes. But to give you an idea, so, so yesterday, um, one of the first things I did yesterday, actually with you, Jessica, we did the prayers for 
the Tier Fan staff team together, and that, that was really good fun. We were looking at different areas of advocacy work going on right around the world that Tier Fund and Renewal World are supporting. Uh, so it was, it was good fun to be part of, of that and to pray for that work uh, yesterday. And then from there, I went into, I was chairing a meeting of the Climate Action Network, which some people may have heard of. And this is the, um, the main group that uh, lobbies governments at the UN Climate Change Talks. It's the main NGO group for representing civil society from right around the world. So I have the privilege of uh, co-chairing the UK branch of that. So we were chairing a meeting of the UK NGOs who are lobbying on climate change uh, after we had tier fund prayers yesterday. Uh, and that was really great to come together with colleagues and, and plan how we're going to influence our government here in the UK to help bring about better impact on climate change around the world. Uh, then I went from that actually into a meeting of the Renewal World Board. So it's a real privilege to be on the, the board for Renewal World. And we have sort of many great colleagues from uh, countries right around the world on that board and it was just lovely to touch base with them and to get good updates on what all the different national chapters of Renewal World are doing and what the many activists around the world are doing. Super encouraging to hear that work and, and again to just be able to support that in that way. And then uh, in the afternoon I went up to central London and had meetings with our uh, government at our foreign office here in the UK uh, and we were meeting with various representatives there lobbying on some issues of human rights and again on climate change issues uh, as well, so working on that. Uh, and then also yesterday we had uh, a big protest outside uh, our Prime Minister's office here in uh, London. And we're very privileged in the UK that we're able to do a lot of public demonstrations and protests, which would be harder in many countries. Uh, but here we have that opportunity, and so as Christians we feel it's really important that we make most of that. Um, and so we were very much like the prophets, you know, seeking to be prophetic in our actions and, and hold uh, government to account. So we we're challenging our government because they're looking like they might roll back on some of their commitments to provide climate finance to support many lower income countries around the world to respond to the impacts of climate change. So we were really holding our prime minister to account to make sure that didn't happen. So that's maybe just a bit of a flavour. So a number of meetings, uh, both within uh, the network and also with governments and uh, some stunts on the streets. So a little bit of a flavour of a day in the life, but every day can be different. And it's a real privilege yeah. to get involved in so many different aspects. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for allowing us to get uh, to know at least how a day, one of the days would look like um, as uh, Paul and as the head of advocacy for Tier Fund. And uh, as you were speaking, I heard a lot about you uh, bringing out being in spaces where issues of climate change has been have been spoken about so i would like to uh, maybe find out more could you just share with us uh talking about the issues of climate change when did you start you know being uh, maybe working on such issues uh, how how has the journey been on until now yeah, um, I think for me, I've always seen those issues as really integrated and related to many other issues like um, like issues of poverty or justice. They're, they're so wrapped up together, all, all these issues. And um, I think, like I was saying, when I became a Christian back when I was a late teenager at that youth event, and when I heard that talk, talking all about challenges of injustice and poverty around the world, 
the, the impacts of climate, even back then, um, yeah, as I say, about 30 years ago, even back then, already seeing the impacts of, of a changing climate in many countries around the world, and almost always those countries that have done the least to cause that climate uh, change. So I think I, I'd always seen that in a really integrated way that actually addressing, you can't address poverty, you can't address uh, injustice, lift nations out of poverty without also addressing challenges of climate and environmental degradation. So I think seeing those really integrated from the very start of my journey in this space and and just seeing um, very much the human side of that story. So I think certainly in the UK, very often we hear about or we used to hear about the the impact on the, the natural world, on God's creation, on animals, on plants, um, but not so much about the impact on, on human beings. And I think now we hear rightly so and sadly so, so much more about the impact of of climate change on on people as temperatures become more extreme and storms become more intense and the deserts grow and the seasons have become less dependable and rainfall is all over the place. Um, We're just seeing almost every week now uh, terrible stories from around the world of impact of climate change on those in poverty. So I think for me, I've, I've always seen that human angle to it as being really fundamental and key. So I think that's something of, of the journey on it. And you know, in the years I've worked in, it's obviously only become more and more and more important um, that we all take radical action on climate change, and particularly our governments take really ambitious action, especially those of the richest countries in the world. Mm, wow, that that's that's amazing, Paul, and also to just uh, hear of the works that you do around the issues of climate change. And, you know, many times when you talk about the issue of climate change, I know for people that are trying to do some works they can actually agree to say that sometimes it gets frustrating you know like maybe you've been pushing on something and maybe it's not happening or maybe the opposite is actually what's happening uh as compared to what you are trying to 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 push for or lobby for do you have a specific moment uh that you may have encountered or you went to a place and saw the devastating effects of climate change like i think i'll continue to just you know push this type of conversation, the different spaces that, I mean, do you have that specific moment that you can look back to and like, for the sake of this, I will continue to just, you know, push on in this journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I've had the privilege to, to travel and, and meet with many communities who've been impacted by climate change and heard many stories. And, and one that really always sticks in my mind was in uh, Bangladesh. And um, as many people know, like Bangladesh is is a country that's slowly going underwater with sea level rise and in the um the delta of the big river systems there the, the land is just slowly disappearing as, as sea levels rise and several years ago i was in uh, uh went to visit a community there and this community were living sort of right right on the edge by the um the rising sea and uh, they they had retreated sort of back uh, as the sea had risen and they'd now got about as far back as they could go because behind them were these big shrimp farms. It was all private land and you know, massive fences, so that there was no, they couldn't move further back. And they just had this tiny, thin strip of land, and they were you know, building mud dikes and just protecting themselves from the sea level rise. And I met this uh, lady called Arun, who was um, just amazingly a woman of real power and faith. And I remember she she pointed out to sea and she was saying like my first house was way out there and then my second house was was a bit further back and the house we were in then was her sixth 
house that she'd lived in and she just kept having to come back and back as the sea had claimed her houses in her home and she'd had to come back and even as we were having this conversation in her house that the water was up to our knees in in her house already and she was just Mm. in this desperate situation and she was one of the most empowered women I've ever met she was incredible she sort of said to me you know we don't need your money we don't need your help we can solve our own problems we can address our own issues but the only thing we ask for is that we give us solid ground beneath our feet. If you just give us solid ground beneath our feet, we will do the rest. We can do the rest. And um, that's the one thing we ask for from you. And um, it really struck me as yeah, so little to ask for. Just give me ground to stand on that is solid and I can do the rest. Um, but, you know, that that real challenge. And, you know, this was several years ago and that community now is, is gone. Um, the sea has risen and they've had to, they've ended up dispersed as you know, climate refugees really into the cities in that country. Um, so it's a huge challenge, and that that story always sticks in my mind um, as you know why we keep up and we keep going. But um, having said all of that, I think as Christians though we are people of hope and we serve a God of hope. And we read in the Bible. I love about the Bible. We we kind of know the end of the story already. And if you read the end of the story, it's good, right? That that God restores all things and restores all creation, and, and God is at work. And, you know, even though we, we face these very difficult situations, uh, we still have a God of hope and we still see progress and change as well. So, again, I've been working this for quite a long time. And whilst it's been challenging, there's, we've also seen real progress. So some of the, the climate change commitments that governments are working towards now and the growth in clean energy and renewable energy and more climate finance that's available, Ten years ago, much of that would have been unthinkable that we would have achieved some of that. So there is real progress and real grounds for hope, too. So I think as Christians, we have to hold these two things together, right? The, the reality of the injustice and the challenge, but also the reality of hope. And our God is a God of hope and we do things in his strength, not ours. Wow. Uh, for that best believe that story will also stick in a lot of people's hearts and minds, just like you. And also... I think just for the fact like you've mentioned at the end of it all, there's still hope. We still have hope. We still hold on to hope in Christ Jesus, uh, despite the different uh, things that may be in front of us, no matter how difficult, at least we still hold on to our hope in Christ. Thank you so much, Paul, for sharing that uh, that story with us. I think we'll definitely be able to relate with you whenever we see you uh you know a champion in climate justice would know to say this is why he's doing it uh this is where he's coming from so thank you so much paul for sharing that with us and maybe i would also like to know do you have a person we could maybe even refer to as a hero or just your inspiration uh that you look up to um in your work and do you have a reason why this person you would deem as your hero or your inspiration in in the different works that you do yeah what a great question um you know in all honesty i don't think one particular person and i guess we can all think of you know famous people or people you know as you know i'm all about sort of justice and the church uh you know being prophetic and holding governments to account and and rolling out and modeling god's kingdom of course there's so many heroes of faith that we could look back to who've done that but in all honesty, my, I think my real heroes are just ordinary people around the world who are speaking out and who are bringing about change. And um, 
we we did a campaign a few years ago called Ordinary Heroes, and I think so much of us as Christians, that that's who we are. We're ordinary heroes that God calls us to to you know love justice and to you know act uh, justly and and work with mercy and and love all around us just in our daily lives as we go about it. And I think we see a lot of that. And I think as I was mentioning, a lot of my role is really supporting. Uh, people and churches uh, speaking out on advocacy right around the world and, and doing that quite behind the scenes and playing a sort of supportive role. And I think it, it is those people in many countries who are just doing, I, I you know, have the privilege of seeing little glimpses of what they're doing just day in, day out. And I, I just think it is just incredible and heroic. And, you know, you hear of, like in a few years ago in, in Sudan, in Khartoum, there were young people uh, standing up and, and peacefully demanding peace and change and uh, and we saw a military regime that had been there for decades gone within months because of young people, people who were 19 years old or younger, standing up and, and just peacefully demanding justice and change. And in countries like Iran, we see that today, people with huge personal sacrifice demanding that. And even, in all honesty, Jessica, people like you and many people who will be listening to this who are just doing this day in, day out and you know, speaking out in their communities with others like them. Um, I think those people are just huge heroes, and they're, if, in all honesty, they're my real inspiration. I think it's, it's such a privilege to see little elements of their work day in, day out, and such a privilege to support and work alongside such people. On behalf of all those people you've mentioned, thank you, Paul. <laughs> and uh, definitely, it is, uh, I know it's, a, it's always lifts somebody's soul to know that uh, whatever they are doing, whatever works they're doing, actually, you know, someone is, is, is looking up to them. So thank you so much, Paul, for sharing that um, with us. We um, still maybe as we are about almost actually getting to the conclusion of our, our episode, uh, we are a few months away from COP28. We had COP27 last year in, in Egypt. And there was a whole lot of expectations that, uh, you know, uh, people were going there with. And after the COP, um, a lot of people had their own reactions, you know, to the outcomes. And there are some that, okay, we have a bit of wins. We have, we can still do more and whatnot. Um, looking at COP28, definitely the fact that we there's a whole lot of conversations now around it before we actually have it sometime uh, end of this year in Dubai. Do you have any hopes uh, or any just specifics you'd really, really hope that this conversation are really um, had or dealt with and maybe solutions of particular things are found at this COP28? Yeah, great question. So uh, I guess a couple of things. So um, as you mentioned, at the end of last year, the, the UN COP talks at the end of last year, the climate talks, um, one of the things that was agreed was to set up a, a, a loss and damage fund. So this would be a fund to support uh, countries and communities who have, you know, compensate really for, for countries that have already experienced loss and damage through climate change. And again, that was quite a breakthrough moment. So the first time that had been uh, accepted by many of the world's richest countries and, and agreed to. So I think building on that this year would be really great to see more progress on that so that it, we can work out exactly what that fund looks like, what, what funding is going to be in it and, and how it can be accessed and where it will be delivered and how quickly it can start to flow. So I think it would be great to see progress build on that. So that would be one area. And then I guess a second area would be 
it seems to have been over the last couple of years, rightly so, a lot more focus on, you know, let's be really clear what we need to do here is move away from fossil fuels entirely. Uh, there is no space for fossil fuels going forward. We need to move past fossil fuels completely. And that's always been surprisingly quite a contentious subject to have that spelt out quite so clearly in, a, in the UN uh, talks. Um, but I think now in this, this COP, there's quite a lot of pressure to, to set that out really clearly and set out you know, really rapidly how we're transitioning away completely from fossil fuels into clean energy. And um, I think it, there's quite a lot of momentum and pressure to see a lot more on that this year. And I would love to see more progress on that uh, coming out this year. It's obviously challenging. It's being held in, in, in a country, in a region that's very, very strongly involved in fossil fuels. But again, it's also a country in a region that has huge potential for sort of solar energy and uh, for clean energy and huge uh, money to invest in that area. So I think just seeing that transition to seeing this is a, a sort of a positive race to the future rather than a, a sort of resisting change um, would be really key. So I think, yeah, seeing those two things, more progress on uh, actually putting the money forward to pay for loss and damage and more progress on um, rapidly transitioning out of fossil fuels completely. Thank you so much, Paul. And I really hope that uh, someone out there listening will be able to just like, okay, let me just push this. Um, these are really, really good, um, you know, uh, these are really good thoughts that would benefit a whole lot of people uh, if it, they were implemented, definitely. So, yeah, as Christians, like we say, we not just push, but we also get to make sure that we pray. Uh, so that because uh, there's nothing definitely hard when it comes to prayer and everything is possible. So thank you so much, Paul. Um, we'll be wrapping up very soon. You are listening to Renew Award podcast. And today's episode, I am talking to Paul Cook, who is the head of advocacy at Tear Fund. And he's just been sharing with us really, really rich information, um, especially in line with uh, the issues of climate change. Uh, which is very, very enriching. So, Paul, um, I would like to, if you could share with us your scripture, your favorite Bible scripture that keeps you going every day. And uh, if you could just, uh, you know, encourage us on best on the same scripture. Yeah, I um, absolutely. And You'll have to excuse me. I am terrible at remembering actual chapters and verses, so you, you may well know. But um, I feel I'm in good company because in, in the New Testament, Paul is always saying somewhere it says, somewhere it says when he's referring to the Old Testament. So I think if, if my biblical namesake, Paul, can get away with it, I can possibly get away with it as well. But I love <laughs> That's the, a good the, one. The, <laughs> my, my I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the, um, the passage in the Gospels. Do you remember when uh, John the Baptist's followers came to see Jesus and asked, are you the Messiah we expected or mm -hmm. is there someone else? Because he maybe wasn't behaving the way they thought a Messiah was going to behave. Um, and I just love Jesus's reply where he says, you know, the, you know look around you, like the, the, the poor uh, are being cared for, you know, the, the, the sick are being healed, the prisons are being released. You know, this is the kingdom of God coming in your midst. And, and I just think that is so amazing because that, you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Seeing God's kingdom come to see pain relieved, to see suffering ended, to see justice come, to see creation restored, you know, poverty relieved, 
uh, you know, injustice ended, all these things, and seeing this, that's what God's kingdom looks like. That's the way God always meant the world to be. And there's Jesus bringing in that kingdom. And just seeing it all around you in what you see, what you read, what you feel, what you smell. And and I think, again, we just have this privilege of continuing in that tradition, you know, 2,000 years later. And in the work we see through groups like Renewal World or Tear Fund and, you know, the churches we're all in, just seeing day by day, look, here is the kingdom of God coming all around us. Here are people who were lonely, you know, having their, their cares met and, you know, environment that was devastated being restored and people who are in poverty coming into richness and you know people who were suffering and injustice being released you know that that's our calling as church and and seeing you know jesus talk about that and seeing 2000 years later that continuing to happen through his people in the world that that's real hope so i, I just love that bible scripture it's so inspiring thank you so much paul so that should be matthew 11 um oh, well done. i told you you'd know <laughs> Matthew 11 and I think the verse is 3 so but obviously you could definitely read the whole chapter of Matthew 11 to just get that insight but thank you so much Paul for that for sharing that and definitely that is um, it's it's a powerful uh, way of I love the way you've shared you know one thing I've always actually uh, told people I love hearing people sharing about scripture in how they they actually interpret it themselves because there's always something amazing and new that you listen to i'm like okay this is actually good like i may have been hearing this in this particular or i may have been reading it and just to me it's just as plain as this but when you hear someone actually talk about it and how they are uh, you know uh, applying that in our day-to-day -day, you'll be amazed so thank you so much paul for sharing that really really appreciate and as we come to the end of our today's episode paul what would be your concluding remarks and also i know you've spoken a whole lot uh, especially when uh, of, of issues of climate change i would also love uh, even as you share your concluding remarks also maybe just your word of encouragement especially to the people uh, in the front line of the effects of climate change and also those people that have been uh, working so hard to see justice uh, come through in terms of climate issues, but maybe they may even be growing weary. They feel like nothing is really, uh, uh, no progress maybe or no positive um, positivity is coming out of their works. What would also just be your word of encouragement to uh, those people? Yeah, um Maybe uh, just a very quick story I could share and maybe an encouragement. So you, you may know there's this, this idea of climate finance that the world's richest countries should be sharing uh, $100 billion every year to help poorer countries respond to the impacts of climate change. And that, that originally came about in, I think, way back in 2009. And I had uh, part of that process was um, seeing the... Uh, uh, I was in a meeting in, in the UK where um, the British Prime Minister was one of the first people to really call for that. Uh, and he went and bullied uh, the US president at the time. I think it was Barack Obama at the time and got him to sign up to that. And he also got the European Union to sign up to that. And then that year at the climate talks that year, the, the rich nations of the world all signed up to that. And much of that money is now flowing billions of dollars every year to help people respond to climate change. And it came out of a meeting where there were just four of us in the room with the staff of the British Prime Minister. But the reason that meeting even happened was because just 
ordinary people like you and me uh, were just writing to their member of parliament, were sending messages and social media messages and speaking out and doing that in many contexts where it was hard to do that, but doing it with subtlety and with grace. Uh, and, and that is what opened the door to get those meetings to begin that, about that change. And now we're seeing you know, billions and billions of dollars being provided to help people uh, whose lives are being impacted by climate change. So I think you know, real change starts not at the top, but at the bottom. It's, it's the, I always say it's the church halls of power, not the corridors of power, where real change starts. It's, it's when we as ordinary people become active and get involved, that that's what then leads those at the top to follow uh, the lead that we set. Um, so I, I guess my encouragement, I just would really love to encourage everybody out there and all the work that they're doing, um, because I think that is what really matters. That's what really leads to change. That's where it starts. It may feel small, but it's the combination of all those efforts. And that, again, we know and we read in the Bible that so much of this, we don't always see the impact we're having. And often many other people, you know, we, a lot of this work is done very sacrificially, day in, day out. It can be hard. It can be difficult. Sometimes it can just be boring. But, um, you know, people just diligently putting their faith into practice around the world, speaking out, living it out in their lives. That's where change comes. And I just really love to encourage everybody out there who's doing that. You are all heroes and that God sees it all, even when people don't see, even when no one else sees, God sees it all. And, you know, he, he blesses you for that. He's encouraged by that. And I think you, we will all see reward. And, and one day that will all be seen. And I know that's not why we do it, but be encouraged that, that God sees it all and, and just rejoices in your faithfulness. And it's just such a privilege to work with you all. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, it's really been amazing. Personally, I think um, hearing the different uh, things that uh, you have brought forth, it's really, really encouraging. And I'm really sure, especially like you've mentioned in your concluding remarks, for people that may really feel like maybe the, their works are not counting. But like you said, it really is change really starts from the bottom and uh, the little little small steps that have been taken would definitely amount to the bigger uh, outcome so thank you so much paul and thank you for allowing us to just uh come into your life and get all this out we really really appreciate that you could make this time thank you so much no problem it's such a pleasure thank you Thank you so much, Paul. So here ends our today's episode of uh, uh, the podcast. Do join in when we have yet another um, uh, person that will be talking. It could be a person or a group of people that will be uh, talking to on the next episode. It's bye-bye for now and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Renew Our World podcast. Be sure to visit our website at renewourworld.net and if you love this episode, subscribe and learn more about Renew Our World campaign and some of what our members and friends are doing. Until next time, remember, you are God's child, made in His image, so smile.